Welcome back to Things You Didn't Need to Know. My name is Harvey Roddenberry, and today we'll be, we will be taking you on an adventure unlike any other. We're a group of people who might be slightly interesting. I don't really know. Um, we got some fun special guests. That's not my job, though. Go ahead. Uh, yes, as David has said, we have a very special guest today. We have the one, the only, the fabulously dressed Matthew Hopper. Round of applause. I'm not often described as fabulously dressed. Well, you certainly are. Now, Mr. Hopper, tell us a little bit about this, what you are wearing. Um, my world history class is currently going through the high Middle Ages, and we're discussing things like the Crusades, the uh, Plantagenet kings of England, and so I'm wearing basically a tunic inspired by the Norman ancestry of the Plantagenet kings of England. Um, the fiefdom of Normandy from Middle Ages France had a crest that was a rampant lion, which basically is a, a lion up on its hind legs with its paws in some kind of attack posture that is usually either gold or yellow, and it is set on a field of red or crimson or something like that. And um, so this tunic is, is meant to, uh, it's, a, it's inspired by that. That's excellent. It looks very similar to the emoji of the girl dancing with her legs up and the arms out to the right. You know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's much less, that's much more of an opposing, an imposing attack posture than the uh, girl in the dress. Than the salsa dancing. Yeah, he's in salsa dancing. That's salsa. it. Thank you very much, Harvey. You're being you're on the same page. Oh, yes, okay. sir. <laughs> this is a strange episode because for once, People might actually learn something. Yes. You know, I was thinking when you introduced it, you called it things you didn't need to know. Yes, yes sir. I was like, is this going to be bad for my reputation that I was on a show? No, because I will, need to know? I will always, one of us, normally me, or David's pretty good at this, about explaining why we didn't need to know that fact. Uh, so. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, we have featured uh, things, specialties about um, stores such as Ikea, um, you know, uh, me and David took a trip up there um, to Atlanta. We made the pilgrimage to Ikea and uh, tasted their food and uh, sat in their chairs. and Walked like six miles in the <laughs> We really did. Almost got lost, and it was nearly gave me a panic attack. It was great. But it was awesome. So I hate to uh, uh, I hate to go back, but uh, for our viewers, Mr. Hopper is our uh, Latin teacher, um, or shall I say, Latin expert um, at First Presbyterian Day School, and he's also teaching an Honors World History course. And uh, let me just say, it is one of the coolest classes you'll ever take. I agree with I that. Second, that is very. I third that. <laughs> See, Turley, Turley is now, Turley is now giving us a similar to the salsa emoji. <laughs> that that is not at all what I thought, but, <laughs> but we didn't need to know that. So I guess we're we're, we're on the right track. Yeah, you have to connect with the audience members. They might not be as familiar, you know. Mm -hmm. The um, uh, high high. The high middle ages. No. Are there cameras somewhere? Uh, no. there. We don't know. Uh, there's no. a. We don't know. There's only one in my phone, which the CIA agent Craig watches me. Craig. Craig. I see. Hi, Craig. Yeah. We know you're here. <laughs> the secret CIA. I would hate to be that guy that just has to watch my face as I react to like. 
<laughs> the symptoms of IBS. <laughs> I have all of these. <laughs> um, so let's uh, talk a little bit more about you, Mr. Yeah, Hopper. let's get so, all yes. so, Yeah. Yes. 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 So, um, here. yeah, so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I have been at um, FPD for, I believe this is my eighth year. Um, I, believe it or not, I'm actually embarrassed to say this sometimes when I when I hear myself say it. I went to college for 12 years. Wow! Uh, so this is actually my first teaching job. By the time I got this job, a lot of you know first year teachers are like 23, and uh, they're barely out of school. But I was already married with uh, two kids um, who were not babies, and um, so this is my first teaching job, and um, I love it at FPD. My topic of study in college was, uh, it was actually languages, in particular biblical languages. I took about, I don't know, 20 semesters of biblical languages, uh, Hebrew and Aramaic and Greek. And doing that much study of ancient language, I developed a knack for languages and a love for languages. And so I also did, you know, Arabic and Egyptian. I did Latin last of all, actually. Really? Yes, I did. Wow. Um, but I love Latin when I learned it um, because it is a really, really sophisticated and beautiful language. Um, with all due respect to the Egyptians and the Hebrews, those Bronze Age languages are a little bit more clumsy and um, just more simplistic. And Latin is a very, very nuanced, colorful language, just like Greek is. And Latin is also taught in high school, so mm -hmm. by becoming a Latin teacher, I was able to continue um, my, you know, my experience in loving and learning and teaching ancient language for a career. Mm. Wow. wow. Now, Craig, the CIA operative that has been following Harvey <laughs> through a number of years, has probably <laughs> piqued his interest, Mr. Hopper, with your background in Egyptian and Arabic. I would not be surprised if you did not get a, <laughs> some strange emails <laughs> in recruitment. Because <laughs> they're always looking for language that that is, that is very true. And you might could do this and continue to teach, because I'm sure there's a lot of random emails that, you know, that are coming yeah. across our Internet. Well, you know, it's funny that um, modern Arabic is different than classical Arabic. The Arabic of, you know, the, the era of Muhammad and the Quran is what we call classical Arabic. Um, and funnily enough, because... You know, the terrorist groups consider themselves the world's only true Muslims. Now, I would disagree with them on that, and a lot of people in the world would disagree with them on that and say that they've perverted their faith. But um, as part of their idea that they are the true heirs of Muhammad and his vision, uh, they actually try their best to speak the classical version of the language. Oh, so you would be a Instead good fit. <laughs> Craig, are you listening to this? <laughs> okay. He's, so Mr. Hopper ends up I on feel the watch like list. Craig, <laughs> no, he will be the watch list. <laughs> He's going to be watching. Okay, uh, I, mean, I feel like Craig would like to know this. Uh, so Mr. Hopper happens to have a surprising amount of weapons in his classroom oh, for yeah, a teacher. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Are those... Don't, you, those are legal, right? They're, they are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you just, just run down of all the that was not yes. Simple, yes. In the time period they represent, 
Exactly. Well, these are things that really we don't want people to know, so it kind of falls under that (laughs) subcontent. Yeah, sure. Um, You know, I actually even thought, what I'm wearing right now is only part of today's demo. I had three other very cool pieces in today's demo, but I was assuming there were not video cameras and they'd be pointless. Um, But um, you asked me... Oh, we need a weapons catalog. Well, let's see. Um, it's good for zombie apocalypse. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna tell you some of the highlights and leave some of the collection secret just because. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it first. Ones that, that, one that I've taken out this year and used for either a Latin class or a history class have been my Roman Gladius, which was brandished during class. It's a yes. it's a short sword, a short stabbing sword, um, kind of like the one you'll see if you watch the movie Gladiator. And I've got a uh, Greek thrusting spear. It's about nine feet long, and uh, it's pretty heavy. Uh, It's not a javelin. It's not for throwing. It would be a spear wielded with two hands, which you also just do a thrusting stabbing motion with. The kind of spear that you take down a horse with it. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Frontline guys are holding out. So, so if you were riding to Birmingham on your horse, (laughs) I (laughs) think void lines of the that would be one of the very best uses for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because it's very sturdy, very thick. Um, kind of like Harvey. And let's see. Oh, wow. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Um, I believe when we did the Arab Conquest, I uh, showed the students a scimitar. Yes. yes. Um, which is a, a beautiful sword. It's very big, very uh, heavy, but it is uh, it's a excellent, excellent item. Would and, you call that slashing or chopping with the scimitar? Uh, probably... S- you could do both, actually. You would do both. If you were probably in a battle, you'd be slashing. If you were executing a, a, a prisoner, <laughs> removing a hand, that would be a yes. That's always a consideration. Uh, it's a little less curved than I thought. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah that's, I mean, what you need Mine to know. Mine is a tiny bit more curved than that. Yes. Okay. Yeah, honestly, I mean, in the, in the event of a zombie apocalypse or a large group of you know, naysayers, then you would need to know which weapon to take. You know, charging zombies, nine-foot pole would definitely be a positive because if you could wield it fast enough, you wouldn't get bitten. But a short stabbing Greek sword or a Greek or Roman sword then would probably put you in danger of possibly a wrist bite or something like that. So... Yeah, and you know they're after the brain, so you could just wear Mr. Hopper's wonderful Crusader helmet. Yes, or, 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 the, or, the, or the, the Roman Trojan. armor. Yeah, that he keeps in the corner. The uh, the the Roman armor set, the Centurion's um, mail set. It's not chain mail, but it's like a more classical era body armor suit. Pretty much, actually, except for the helmet. I have used the helmet, the Centurion's helmet, um, in class, but that particular bit of armory never comes off of that stand. And the reason why is because the stand that it is on holds it up so well, the only way to get it off the stand is to disassemble it. Oh, wow. And it's, wow. it's actually a lengthy, difficult process to put it together and, and take it apart. Um, so I've only actually worn that once, and that was when I originally got it in the mail. I put it on, I wore it, ran around the yard. <laughs> uh, scared the neighbors. Awesome. That is awesome. And then I took it apart to put it on the stand, and it took me forever to figure out how to put it back together and on the stand. So it kind of just stays the way it is. is that, so, so is it like a draping chain mail? No, it's it's like um, it's Plank. like ribbons of steel Okay. Um, that are about the size, the width of a regular belt. 
and they are about, they're all in like a half circle uh-huh. kind of shape, and they connect, they all meet in the center of your chest and wrap around your rib cage and meet again oh, in the back. Wow. Um, it's really And they are just woven together with uh, various hooks and uh, leather straps and stuff. This just goes to show that Coach Trilly has never been to Hall's house. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, well, I've, 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 I've stuck my head in the door, but there's a lot of. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Mr. Hopper. That's a, the, Roman, the Roman armor seems to give you much more movement than the medieval armor Maybe. of the nobles. Because they tend to use, like, mail and then put the plate over the top of it, you know, with the long. What I do have, though, on the top of my cabinet is a plastic um, molded. Um, piece of uh, breastplate armor. So in the time of the Roman Empire, soldiers continued using the uh, lorica segmentata, is what that armor is called that I was just describing. Um, but high-ranking officers and the emperors had what we call molded. It was either le- leather or metal. It just looks like a superhero's muscular uh, front, but it is a plate that you put on as armor. <laughs> Um, with the cape draped off the shoulders. I've got a plastic one of those, which I use when I need a, uh, a piece of Roman armor and don't want to take apart the loaded cassette. Some quick yeah. Yeah, We're watching a video nice now of a man running in plate male medieval <laughs> armor. Um, I, I think the Roman armor would provide more mobility, quickness yeah. mm-hmm. possibly. Um, now, I got a question for Mr. Hopper and the rest of you. Okay. Now, knowing our affinity for quickie marks, flea markets, and, and, and cheap, well, not, maybe not Mr. Hopper. I know the rest of your affinity for this. Um, <laughs> and terrible places. How many of you have actually purchased a sword or piece of armor from a quickie mark, flea mark, or any of those places? So, personally, I wanna, I, I'll want i go first. I have never, but when you go to the Love's Truck Stop, yes. this is not an advertisement, by the way. I'm legally required to say that. <laughs> there is an, a massive collection of medieval helmets there. Yes. And it is so cool. Exactly. I have and seen that. Are they toys? No, they're, they're, they're real dick metal. Mm-hmm. I almost bought a Crusader helmet one time, but it was $60, and I only had $40 with it. That's interesting. It's uh, really random, too. It really is. Yeah. It's at a truck <laughs> stop. Like, like, you have to pay 25 cents to use the shower, but you can buy a $60 Crusader helmet. Well, I don't ever see truck drivers wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You don't. But when you drive you know. by the truck driver, you never <laughs> see them attired in these. <laughs> so who is purchasing the, the, the vast quantities of martial arts and medieval weaponry that's being provided by the truck on a road trip. Someone. Stop that up. What do you call it? Oh, Love's. Love's. Oh, there, there, there's one in South Macon. There's a Bucky's yes. has quite a large, which is, I guess, this is an advertisement for Bucky's either. But um, <laughs> Bucky's has quite a large, and it's mainly martial arts weapons from really? like. Yeah, it's like throwing stars, nunchucks. Yeah, they go. And then, then like, yeah, they do. It's like buckets. over in the corner, yeah. And then, um, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. But I they don't have as much medieval, but I recently saw quite a large Bilax in a quickie store in Macon. And it wasn't very good in that. Oh, wait, now, Hollis. Yeah, interestingly enough, I actually bought a Japanese Odachi from a quickie mart. Yeah, uh, it was really cheap, and it's already broken. Basically, like the entire health. I've seen but that. I it's, 
Uh, this is Hollis Correa, who um, you know in- interrupted us several times uh, during the past course of the series, and has been unfortunately uh, banned um, for the next two seasons at least. But we, we really we appreciate your input, and uh, I really didn't need to know that, so I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, we, okay, and we won't, Yeah, we're not going to sit here and talk about all the quickie stores that are selling possibly illegal weaponry. But I did see if you just pay attention, they're normally to the left near the counter or to the right near the counter. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's some, I mean, some really, really interesting things that would be, could be purchased. I've seen a halberd in one that wow. was pretty, pretty bizarre. Um, but the battle axe was the most recent one. Now, when I say battle axe, it was definitely two-handed, double-headed wow. axe. That's why I call it a battle axe. It, did, it was not as long as I probably, the, or like an actual one was, and it did not look to be made of very good metal. But the just sheer fact that I could purchase one with a lot of and a big goal, I was pretty excited. Yeah, that, that's the best part. That's, it, that's the reason. Any place that sells swords and beer in the same place, is, that, that's, that's very questionable. Because yeah. you don't know how many people walk in there. Yeah. I'm going to give me a six-pack of Bud Light. Well, isn't, the, isn't the Federal Department of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms immersed? Exactly. Yes. That is Quickie stores. That's who monitors the quickie store. Craig, tell me about this. Yeah, Greg. Craig, you heard it first. Get out of my phone, please. I mean, it's got to be some interesting Friday nights, probably on the side of the quickie store yeah. with nunchucks. Bunch of teenagers go up there to uh, diet Mountain Dew and come out with throwing, throwing stars and crusaders. Duel beside the quickie mart. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of fist fighting out in the hallway like me and David do, they just go up there and put on their full armor and charge at each other. One of my uh, one one item from my arsenal that I don't get to use every year is uh, is an item I use at the tail end of my world history class or the very beginning of my U.S. history class when we discuss the age of exploration and the Spanish conquistadors and uh, stuff like that. When I'm doing uh, my material on Christopher Columbus and I'm talking about how long the voyage was and how he faced a near mutiny when they had already um, long past the time they expected to have arrived in China and there was still no land in sight, I have my students um, close their eyes in a little experiment. I say, just humor me here, let's do a thought experiment. And I turn on a, like a, the sound in my speakers of waves crashing. And, um, and I'm talking to them about you know, the difficulties of life aboard a ship. You've been on board the ship for three months, and et cetera, et cetera. And while they're listening to the waves and they're trying to imagine, I pull out a squirt gun and start shooting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that, wonderful. That makes me amazing. amazing. That does. And so uh, the interactive oh learning, I mean, is much, so much better. It keeps their attention. I agree. Because you are dealing with large groups of people with attention deficit disorders mm-hmm. and various other problems. And, and when they can go in and relax... And then get shot with a square gun before they start oh, to learn. Yes. It's definitely a, an excellent. But you, you can yes. learn the formation of a phalanx. It's interesting. Yes, I I, I remember that. That well, was I, a fun day. Yeah, I, I learned about the phalanx uh, watching um, the movie Three Hundred. How accurate! Oh, yeah. 
as that movie. Have you seen enough uh, of that movie? I have seen it. Um, I do think it's a, a pretty great movie, and I know that they had uh, very, very knowledgeable, professional consultants helping them make the movie, and in many, many respects, basically in every area where they tried to be historically accurate, right. they succeeded. Oh, wow. Um, but they did take a few historical licenses. The general plot is completely legit. Uh, the names of the characters is legit, um, except for the ones who are, you know, obviously fictional, some of the extras that are part of the movie. Um, one of the areas, however, where they greatly break off from actual history is that repeatedly in the movie, uh, the Persian king uh, demands that everybody worship him as a god. I think you mentioned this in one of the lessons. Yes, yes. I, I remember. I this did. is Xerxes, right? Was, yeah. Was that the, yes, um, the king? That and... You know, they make this big deal. He, uh, at one point, he actually becomes golden, and people are bowing down and worshiping him, and, and his mission in the war is to get the Spartan king to subjugate himself and bow down before him as a god. It's all very explicit in the plot. And yet, uh, the Persians, and there is plenty of historical examples of peoples who attributed divinity to their kings, such as the pharaohs of Egypt. Um, certain rulers from uh, ancient Babylon and Assyria claimed um, divine descent. And what we know is the monarchs of Canada now. <laughs> the Messiah tradition from uh, ancient Israel is both a king and a son of God. Um, but of all the ancient peoples that did this, the Persians were definitely not one of them. The Persians were uh, monotheists and did not attribute divinity to their king. Um, so that is a huge break-off. The other difference is the king in that movie is, like, he's bald, and his body is, like, utterly shaved. Like, every inch of his body is shaved um, so that you can see his big muscles all yeah. the better, right? But uh, Persian kings, like every other ancient Eastern people, wore really long, thick, curly beards and hair um, and considered that very, very manly. Yeah, I, I was I was very uncomfortable during most of the plot. Of the so they wouldn't recognize they wouldn't recognize him if they could come in a time machine here and watch that movie. They would look at him and be like, "Who's that?" Yeah. Would you say that Three Hundred is one of the most accurate historical movies? Um. Well, I'd say like a movie. Well, like I would definitely say I would definitely say I give it a thumbs up on the whole. Um, Gladiator? What about Gladiator? Give us that word. Uh, I like that Gladiator, the, well, the plot itself is utterly fictional. The yes. main character and everything that happens to him is completely fictional, as well as the, the main plot point, which says that the Emperor Marcus Aurelius, who is historical, mm -hmm. and they did base his, present, his portrayal in the movie on actual history. He was a quote-unquote philosopher king. Uh, and he did have a wicked, notorious scoundrel son named Commodus, mm -hmm. who got into the arena on hundreds of occasions and fought. Although he was usually, it was usually rigged. Yeah. Like he would have the weapons of his opponents dulled mm -hmm. in advance, but the audience didn't know that. And he was ultimately assassinated. Um, but the main character played by Russell Crowe is just made up. Mm -hmm. And the plot point, which says Marcus Aurelius wanted Rome to go back to being a republic, is also fiction. Yes. What, what about the uh, fighting and stuff? Was that... The fighting is very well done. Gladiator yeah, training? fighting is real well done. Gladiator. So are all the props. Okay. Uh, I'll just say this conversation could easily continue for, like, yes. at least Hours. three episodes, easily. I feel. Absolutely. But Feeling comeback. Yes, this may or may not be a three-parter series, but uh, 
This is all the time we have for today. The lady in the ceiling has told us to shut up now. And it's time for us to go. Harvey, would you mind giving us the outro? I would love it, Gannon. Okay. Special thanks today to Mr. Matthew Hopper for coming on the podcast and teaching us some things you didn't need to know. Also, thank you to our listeners. And if you wish to contact the podcast, see the description for the email. And as always, thank you.